Hello, my name is Perry. This is the Fault Lines Social Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking to Tom Lovejoy of the band Vatican. Um, we briefly talk about the writing process, um, some tour stories, a common subject which is the current um, COVID-19 pandemic that's going on currently. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, I'm doing pretty good, dude. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm getting there. I've just recently got a puppy, so I'm just like, I'm the chaser around the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, what kind of dog do you get? Uh, he's a cross between a Springer Spaniel and a Bull Mastiff, so he's a bit of a mongrel, but he's a cute little. Okay. Cool. When, he, when he's not trying he? to bite me. Uh, he's yeah. eight weeks old. Oh, wow, yeah, you're going to be dealing with some chaos. Yeah, so it is a bit... It's a bit hectic, so I booked a little bit of time off work just to sort of spend some time with him. Uh, I mean, that's a great idea. If you don't, if you don't do that, it it will be way worse. Yeah, exactly. If you don't take the time away, so that's good. Exactly. Um, so I'll I'll just sort of crack on with it. Just don't want to keep it too long, obviously. Oh, you're good, man. I'm I'm free doing whatever. Oh, wicked. Um, so how's uh 2021 so far for yourself? Uh, it's it's been pretty good so far. So um, I my I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, um, and the rest of the band is from Savannah, which is about four hours away. And I just moved, so I just moved to Savannah. Um, and I live with our drummer now, and um, so I've just mostly just been getting settled in down here and kind of like just getting back on the grind with the band and doing and like right like writing our next record and everything like that. But yeah, just spent most of the month like figuring out what to do down here for work and all that and getting settled in so it's been like kind of chaotic in all honesty but it's like pretty smooth now yeah fair enough now i recently went through it for myself i just i moved house at like the end of january and bought my own yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, so it's just like chaos oh yeah <laughs> and, it's, and then like four weeks in i got a puppy it's just like i need to like chill yeah so, that's uh <laughs> that just extends the, yeah. the chaos for a while yeah, but uh that's cool um yeah so how did you sort of cope throughout last year obviously Last year was a bit of a write-off in general, really. Um, yeah. Uh, and sort of the guys in Vatican, like, what did you get up to? And uh, For us, we kind of, like, we just kind of, like, went, which is maybe not the best idea, like, just went radio silent and worked on a bunch of, like, 2021, like, related projects. I feel like it sucked because we had, we put out an album, uh, pretty much at the very end of 2019. Yeah. See, and, it uh, seems to me like thinking about it, I was trying to think about this just because that made my list that year and I couldn't oh, Okay. That. Like Last year was that much of a blur. I couldn't remember whether the record came out last year or the year before. I mean, that's fair. Like, to be honest, like there's not much, like there was very little conversation about the record, very little to remember because we like, we did the rollout or whatever. We did essentially one and a half tours on the record yeah. and then that was it um we were a few like we were like a week away from getting on a plane to come out to the uk and do a yeah. tour with renounced um when like lockdown finally like actually locked down yeah um and then after that yeah we just kind of went silent for a while um because we just had like we had a lot of personal stuff go on and then it was like well we can either like try to like milk this record um but i don't i don't think we really had the resources to do it in the way we wanted to yeah. um and we just started working on a lot of stuff for this year so this year like we'll make up for that time because we're going to release like 
a lot of music, like a, like a very intense amount of music. And then we'll also have um, just a ton of like auxiliary stuff outside of that. And then if, if touring comes back, which it seems like it will in some form, we'll obviously play a ton of shows. It sucks because a lot of the stuff that we have going on or that's going to happen this year, I can't like publicly like talk about yet. Yeah. Um, it, it just sucks because like right now, like a lot of people, like I've been hit up a lot recently to do like yeah. these kinds of things and everything. And I'm, I'm just like, Oh, there's, I, I promise you, like there are like cool, interesting things that are outside of just like, yeah, we're putting out a record and playing shows. Like we have a lot of stuff that's going to be really cool. I just can't say a single fucking thing about it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's what we spent the whole year just like, right, like preparing stuff for this. The one thing that I guess like we can talk about is because we talked about it like publicly some is um, we did a remix, like an, like obviously our band, like for people that know us, know us is kind of like a nerd band, like a, like yeah. gamers and all that shit. Um, so I've remixed uh, pretty much the entirety of our last record as like an eight bit or like 16 bit album it's like something that would sound like something you'd have on like a super nintendo game or like on a playstation one game like contra or something like that and uh we did some like crazy art for that and we had a friend of ours that works um at sony do some mixing on it and everything Sick. and uh so we got that together and that's definitely going to come out at some point this year that's like the one then we can only talk about that because like it was supposed to come out last year we hyped it up a lot and then we had to put it on the back burner for a second um but yeah, a bunch of stuff like that. A bunch of other nerd shit. So, like, I know you guys were due to come out with Renounced. Um, bit good about that because yeah. I, I was actually doing the UK dates with you. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, so um, I play bass in Cauldron, so we were supposed to do the UK dates. Oh, okay, awesome. That's sick. Your band rocks. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> so not, thank you. Yeah, so obviously we were good as well because we were supposed to be going, like, out on yeah. you guys. And I think I spoke to someone from Vatican, I think. I mean, it might be mm-hmm. singer, maybe and we had a chat about might it been. how we were supposed to be like hanging out yeah, yeah, yeah was there anything else you had planned for last year that you sort of had to cancel and push back that was not like announced but you can now announce if that makes sense uh well the thing is like everything happened so early that um like obviously the show's with you guys and we thought that that was going to get pushed back and pushed around there was another another like euro but like more expansive European thing. But honestly, I don't even remember what that was. It was with like some warp tour core bands. Like I legit can't remember the names right now. Um, We were going to do some stuff with Kublacon. Okay. That might, that might still happen. Um, But it all just happened so early in the year that like we hadn't, we hadn't said a lot of that stuff. We hadn't booked a lot of stuff yet. Um, And we didn't have many things in the can. And then, we still got offers for a little while, but I had talked to like our agent and uh, some of my friends that are in like bigger bands or like work for bigger bands and this and that. And it was just like, I just don't, after like have some conversations I had with them, I was like, I don't want to entertain anything. I just don't want to get, be one of the bands that's stuck, like announcing a tour and then announcing that it's pushed back and announcing that it's pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and all that stuff. Yeah. So we just kind of stopped entertaining a lot of that kind of conversation. So no, there there wasn't a lot of stuff, at least that we had. I mean, uh, yeah, I, it, it is a weird year because, like, going back to like Cauldron, we dropped our first like proper release at the start. Of yeah, that year, and it was like 
things started to like really pick up. It was like, oh my God, you're going to be going to Canada and play Wild Rose, Vatican are coming mm-hmm. over, you're going to do a run of announcement and then things obviously just fall through. And like you said, yeah. obviously, you don't know whether to like reschedule everything yeah, or whether to just like, just forget about it and then see what happens when everything's sort of over. That Yeah, and that's kind of what happened with us is like, we there were some festivals now that I think about it and other stuff, but it was just, it was just obviously going to be so pointless. And every once in a while we would get another offer and this and that and this and that. And with a couple of promoters, I was just like, why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> like, why are you holding out hope when like, even if like technically you could legally do a show, which is like some things we got people like, well, legally we're not like quarantined here and we can do this and that and this and that. I'm like, yeah, but don't you just like, it's just a bad look. Like it's just yeah. going to be a bad look. Yeah. Um, regardless of like how you feel about the politics about it, the majority of people are going to be like, this is, this looks pretty stupid. So <laughs> yeah, we just gave up on all that shit. Um, so what's the sort of, well, actually let's go back to like sort of Vatican and sure. sort of took me through like how it started and how you sort of joined the band and how it all started mm-hmm. for you. Um, I guess like uh, the way the band started is a bunch of the, like, Three of the dudes that are four, the four original members of Vatican were also in a band called Coastlines that was like a melodic hardcore. It kind of sounded like a mix between, uh, I guess, Misery Signals, Foundation, and, Ver- and Verse, maybe. Like, yeah, so it was like a melodic hardcore band, but without really any of the noodly stuff. Um, and then there was another guy in, in the band then, and they all decided they wanted the. F- four dudes ended up in Vatican decided they wanted to still be in a band, but not with that dude. <laughs> they wanted to just toss him, toss him in a different zone. So they started Vatican and that was, a. Uh, and then there was just kind of a small, not rotating door, but some of those dudes phased out. And after like, I guess in 2016 ish, uh, I joined the band. I had known all of them for like seven or eight years because I'd always been in bands that played with their bands um, I would come down to Savannah all the time and they just wanted to get another guitar player. So I joined the band around then our drummer Hosian joined the band then. So did, uh, our bass player Mackie, we all kind of got wedged in around the same time. Uh, and that's like when the band is like, most people know it started it was when it's around when we did that EP, uh, what the fuck is it called? Ache of eternity, whatever the fuck that means. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was like 2017 ish, I guess. Um, yeah, so no no big exciting story except for the fact that there was that one dude and they all said, fuck this guy, man. He was an asshole, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how the that's how the band started. What about yourself? So is this kind of the path that you always thought you were going to take? Obviously, you said you played in bands similar before. So is it sort of mm-hmm. you left school and just decided you wanted to play a bunch of like metal bands or have you played in like different kind of bands? Oh, I've played in like a ton of different bands. Vatican is pretty much the only heavy band oh, I've yeah. ever played in that actually like made it out of like the practice space. So <laughs> the way I met all of these dudes is I was in a... Uh, a pop punk band called Latin for truth from Alabama. This was like, I don't know, 2010, 2011. And they all liked that band. And then after that, I was in like a million different pop punk bands. Like I filled, I, I became like a guy that was like, I was known for being able to learn music very, very quickly. Like when I would tour in Latin for truth, um, it would, 
it was not uncommon for another band on the tour to be like, oh, this guy has to go home today. Can you learn the songs tonight and then play the show tomorrow and then play for the rest of the tour? And I would just learn like their whole 30, like normally a lot of the time I wouldn't even have time to practice it. I would just like sit and like that music is all so easy. And that like, yeah, there's only two or three keys or modes that like a lot of that music is in. So I would just be like, okay, I would sit in the van and listen to it and be like, okay, that's like, that's the root note of this. That's the four chord. That's the five chord. That's the nine chord. I would like break down the theory of it in my head. And the next day I'd be like, okay, like I can do it. And I would just like visualize it in my head that way. Um, would like kind of like, do you know what the Nashville number system is by any chance? <laughs> okay. This, this is like the Nashville number system is a uh, kind of a super simplified way of learning theory and people like Nashville country session musicians use this all the time because they get called for like some sort of like recording session and they have six hours to learn an entire album's worth of material to play drums on. Basically what it is, is uh, you just write out these charts with uh, Roman numerals and then a series of lines and dashes. And all that is, all it says is that you play, if the root note of your song is D and you have a Roman numeral for one, it's that, that means play D uh, for one whole bar. And then if the next num Roman numeral is two, um, it means play uh, E for the next bar. And then if after that, it's, uh, what's the five chord of that? B. Okay. Is it B? No, it's A. So then if his Roman numeral says five and has like, if I remember right, like a little Pac-Man kind of like dash thing over it, that means hit a and then pause for four beats um so it's a way of like charting all this stuff out to where you can technically play the song and know all the stops and starts and pauses without ever having played it before and learn it really quickly it's great for bass and drums and uh i would just kind of learn it in that way in my head and then do that stuff so but because of that and because i got a reputation for being able to do things like that um i played and i, I just filled in for like a thousand pop punk bands and a, on like a, a bunch of different tours. Like I ended up doing warp tour one year with this band called the sheds. And then, uh, through all that stuff, I joined this band called forever came calling. That was like a kind of bigger pop punk band. Um, and I toured with them for like three or four years and did a record with them before I, uh, before I left that band to do Vatican full time. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. So, yeah, and there's a there's a theory lesson for anybody that wants it. A bunch of bullshit that doesn't matter. <laughs> so it doesn't work in metal. <laughs> it uh, none I was, that shit I was literally metal about to say, does that like have any sort of a, does that apply to metal? It, not really. Like now, I never really tried to use theory in music, like because I'm not great at it. Like if anyone that actually knows the natural number system well would probably hear what I just said and like vomit because I'm <laughs> sure there are some details I missed. But um, like now like we just wrote some music recently where they were some of the guys were like we need to have guitar solos and this band's never had solos oh, I was like okay so i gotta like do that and i and i'll use theory for things like that in this band or like i'll but when it's normally i only use theory as like a problem solving thing like when it comes to the actual creativity and like writing music theory never really plays into it until there's like a problem that has to be solved, whether it's like counting something out or like something just feels weird, like a chord feels weird. And it's like, oh, it's because you're playing 
a major third when you should be playing a minor third to fit it into this key that we're in, things like that. But that's the only way it really applies for me and for this band, at least. So when you were doing all that, all those sort of like pop-up bands and you were like, yeah, yeah, I guess touring and all these, doing all these bands, yeah. like walks and stuff, did you ever think, I'm going to be in a metal band or, or I'm going to be in a hardcore band. Did you ever? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because, uh, I had been in like hardcore bands and like melodic hardcore bands and heavier bands too. Just, uh, like I, I've, I've pretty much always said like, I don't care what the music sounds like as long as like I enjoy it. And it's like an, it's like distorted guitar. Like I'll find a way to have fun doing it. <laughs> um, but there definitely got to be a point towards the tail end of me, doing all that where I was like, I just really miss playing really aggressive music because I love, like, I love all those bands that I toured with and I love that scene for different reasons. And I love a lot of that music. Um, but I definitely really just missed like the, the moment I decided I, I, I'll, I'll never forget this, even though it sounds really stupid. Um, the moment I decided like, I have to stop playing in bands like this and go back to playing heavy music. And I'm, it was when I quit forever came calling to join Vatican full time. Um, we were playing a show at chain reaction and we always did like Forever came calling did amazing at chain reaction because we were from the area. It was a great show and everything, but I was like sound checking or whatever. And I just chugged like an open note or whatever. And I was like, that just doesn't sound as cool as if it was tuned way lower and <laughs> on like a much heavier amp. Like it just, it's just not as cool. It just doesn't like do it for me anymore. And I was like, Oh, I just sort of really miss this stuff. Cause when I would play shows with those bands, I like it would be like, we would try to make it really crazy. Like my favorite band is the Dillinger escape plan. So like I anytime I got to play a big show, it's like, Oh cool. I can like pretend to be in Dillinger for like 30 <laughs> minutes. And so it's like, I would, I mean, yeah, there's a pretty hilarious video of the last, the first tour I did with forever came calling the last show of the tour was at Webster hall in New York, um, in the Marlin room, which is like a 700 cap room. Wow. And there's a lot of like, I do a lot of like ridiculous dives or whatever, but at the end of the set, I was playing this fucking really pointy LTD, super <laughs> pointy guitar. And I just hurled it across the room and it just went straight into some kid. Oh shit. And like, <laughs> like, like cut his face open. Like he either oh, took the point or took like a yeah. string and dragged down, not to the point where it was like really bad, but it bled enough for it to look insane. Wow. And then he came back and gave me the guitar after we finished playing. I was like, I'm so sorry for slicing your face open at this pop punk <laughs> show. I didn't mean to do that. And he was just like, oh, it's cool, man. That was the punkest thing I've ever seen. Uh, but we, uh, punk punk. I was like, okay, cool. But we would do stuff like that all the time. Like uh, we played a show at the Electric Factory or is it the Electric Factory? I don't remember. Some 800 cap venue in London or like a thousand cap room. Electric, and, ballroom. Uh, electric ballroom. That's it. Yeah. That was a tour that we did with uh, four years strong, I guess. And um <laughs> I climbed like a light rig there and like dove off the light rig that got me in a lot of trouble. What? That was like, there was like a whole insurance issue with that. That's another thing that's weird about that world is it's just big enough for there to be insurance problems all the time. What? Like the, the, the money issues in that world are so funny because it's not <laughs> that much money, but it's people making just enough money for there to consistently be legal problems. Wow. Which is another thing where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> because I'm tired of like thinking about that all That's the time. Crazy. Yeah. So what yeah. sort of writing process with Vatican then at the moment? Are you like one of the sole sort of writing 
the people that write the material or kind kind of i mean like i i do write a lot of the music but it's definitely like a very democratic process in the band which is infuriating because in most bands i've ever been in i have i've been either the sole writer or i've just like let whoever the sole writer is do their thing i've only been in a couple of bands that were really democratic in that regard and sometimes i hate it because i definitely can be an asshole and think like oh like no my decision like my opinion is the right one which yeah. isn't yeah. which is like a horrible way to think but like what tends to happen is like we work in pairs for a little bit until like we get like either a full song written or like a big chunk of a song done it'll either be like me and our bass player Mackie or like me and Nolan or me and Hosian um our drummer or like some variation of that and then uh eventually gets brought to the whole and that all happens on a computer for the most part we're definitely like a computer band um up to a point part of that was because up until i moved down here we were all super super spread out like even now our bass player mackie lives in florida and like he's a big writer and that so we trade sessions back and forth building songs out on the computer until we can all finally meet up and jam them um but yeah we just kind of we bounce things back and forth um, every once in a while for like a, like a week, we'll all get together, um, somewhere around here and just spend a week not working, just writing music and doing computer stuff. Um, but it's all like pretty, we try to make it as democratic as possible. Like, cause everyone has to live with the song once it's done, you know? And I think there was definitely been times where like, we all made compromises that we shouldn't have made. And like, we talk about it now. I'm like, oh, if we had just worked a little more, if like, if I had just listened to this person or if they had just listened to me, that whole thing would have been better. So um, we try to like get a song up to the point where it's like presentable, either as just like one or two ideas or a full song that no one's married to. And then just everyone gets to have at it. We'll, we'll sit around a computer or in our practice space and just try every single idea even if you hate it and try to like flesh out every idea to as far as it can possibly go. And then once we've tried everything, then we like make the decision. Like some songs every once in a while, like there's a song we wrote the other day that Mackie and I worked on for like two hours. And we were just like, that's never going to change. And it's done completely forever. And then there are other songs where like, it takes two or three months to finish the song. And we'll have, we'll have written like seven choruses for it or like, seven arrangements um or like there's been a couple of songs that have like started as like this like one really slow thing and then it's like well what if we put up the tempo by like 55 bpm and then the second verse is like this electronic thing instead of this and that and then like so it's not uncommon for like if you like the way we label our most of our demos is like song title like 1.0 and it's not uncommon for some songs to go from like 1.0 up to like version like 12.7 or something (laughs) weird like that you know and sometimes even once it gets to like that far the song still sucks and we just (laughs) throw it away (laughs) like we write way more songs than we put out and like there's a a large pile of like band trash you know it's crazy it's so so interesting to hear like how other people write music because in like college for example yeah i was about to say what do you guys do so it's like the drummer and the uh, singer just write the songs and just basically yeah. like, yeah, I'll put bass on it kind of thing. Here you go, just throw yeah. a sign on it kind of thing. And then it'll go to like the other guitarist and I'll just put like, uh, maybe add a riff or take away a riff. It's really like a simple process. 
But yeah, then, there has been times in the past where like I've gone to like their their house and just like tried to write a song together, but it kind of just doesn't help or work that way. It kind of just doesn't gel together. So it's always good to have them sort of write the music, bring it to us. If there's anything we don't like, we say take that out. Or if there's anything yeah. we want to add, we will add it ourselves. I mean, for me, yeah. it's good because obviously I get to do all the bass parts myself anyway. So it mm-hmm. is primarily just the guitars and the drums that those guys do. But yeah. it really does. I mean, it's a song when they give it to us just without. Yeah, that, that's like I, kids. I'll get messages on like Instagram all the time with people. They're like, how do you like write music? Like, like what is like the process? And it's weird to tell people like, like our process is obviously very different from yours because like, ours has like way more cooks and part of that's probably an ego issue. And that like, <laughs> I, I, I know a hundred percent I am too egotistical to just have like one day walk in and be like, you guys write all the music and I don't care if I have a say in any way, shape or form. And I think everyone in our band is honestly like that. Um, everyone wants to have like, at least felt like they were heard even if their idea didn't end up in the song. But like, that's just, that's not how every band has to work. Like I know, like I said, in other bands that I've been in, um, I was the sole writer or another guy was like the guy and just whoever's getting it done is the one that gets it done, you know? And it just happens to be in our case that like everybody kind of gets it done. Yeah. Some songs are like one guy. Another song is like, is everybody. It just depends on the situation. And like, obviously in your case, like if you guys have like something that works, then it works. And like, it's cool that you try that yeah. you try something yeah. else every once in a while. But like, if the idea, if like, if the formula is there, there's no harm in just like diving into the formula. Cause like, obviously it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does work. I mean, I've been in bands before where it's just like solely me writing it. And I get, it got to a point for me where it was just like, I'm done with this now. It's, it's too yeah. much like stress. Cause it was like, I would do most of it. And then it was like, I'm done with this now. I'm bothered. And then yeah. obviously the time when, the guys in Cauldron asked me to join, which was like three or four years ago now. It was like, this is pretty easy going for me now. Cause it's like, sure. I just put the bass to it. That is literally all I do. And I'm happy yeah. with that because it still gives me that input. But yeah, it gives me, also gives me a chance to sort of sit back and just sort of hear it first. Yeah. Is what I like. Um, I have an interesting question. So what <laughs> is the video game aspect of Vatican? Like, what is that all about? It's the it worst. Just, on, talk, talk, talk <laughs> no, okay. So here's the thing about like I, I love video games. I know. Okay, cool. Most people that like everybody in college loves video games. We've all like we always sick. Stuff, and so. that means that we definitely have to tour because oh, yeah, we love, we love yeah. chilling with the gamers, dude. Yeah. Um, so like I've, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this because everyone at I, I get asked this. Every single day. It's just and like, I when, I, when I think about Vatican, it reminds me of like the t-shirt where you had the switch and it was like you and Tiger. Yeah. And then it's like seeing you, I think it was LDB maybe where everyone's got the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, LD, LDB yeah. is, is like, where all that happened. What's the video game aspect of it all? Yeah. So for the the video game thing in general, um, when Hosian and I joined the band, Hosian does espionage VR. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, people yeah. might know, which is like, Hosian makes video game t-shirts. And then our guitar player, Nolan, does something similar, but with movies. But um, it kind of roots from him because, like, uh, he is, like, if you ask him, like, what are the two most fulfilling elements of your life um, that aren't people, it's going to be music and uh, video games and probably how fulfilling each of those things are are interchangeable. 
like neither of them is necessarily in the number one spot. And when he joined the band, um, he kind of got me like back into that really hard because I had been a very hard gamer. I don't know if you can see behind me, but that's my yeah. GameCube collection oh, the back GameCube. there. Yeah, yeah. There are more, there are more GameCubes than just that. That's so There's, Like I have like 500 games here and like, I think like 36 systems. It's, Whoa. it's too much. My room's a mess, but um, <laughs> that's crazy. It, it's a, it's junk right now. But, uh, like he got me kind of back into that. And, um, it was just like when we were touring more and more, it just happened to be the thing that we all talk like that because it's something he cares about so much. He wanted, he was just talking. That's the thing he talks about with everyone. And he's always like, let's go to this game store. Let's go to this game store. We started bringing our friend Bert on tour with us who, uh, is like equally as big into gaming and everything. So it kind of roots from that is just a hobby. And we realized that we were kind of building our friend group out of like our shared interest for video games and also just like, I guess, nerd culture in general. But when it became like a thing for the band was we had done a tour with the Acacia strain and uh year of the knife was on that tour. And so it was chamber. And like, that was right when the most recent uh, smash brothers game had come out. Oh, and so sick. like, everyone on the tour was like playing that we spent hours especially like with like the year of the knife guys and like um we just spent hours playing that and then we'd stop at a friend's house and play smash with them or whatever and uh we started like carrying out like our like switches and like ps vitas and all this shit on stage <laughs> just because literally just because we were like this is like a funny troll move because for a while the band kind of had an unspoken rule it's like don't fucking smile like we're serious <laughs> that was funny. And, then, and then we realized it's like uh like we're we're serious about playing music, but we're not like super serious, dark people really. Yeah. Um, and then when the LDB thing happened, it was just a much more extreme version of that because everyone from like a group chat, like a, a, one of our gaming related group chats was there and just happened to have their switches with them and like other consoles and like nerd shirts. So we were just like, how funny would it be if we did what we did on the Acacia stream tour, but yes. with like 40 people, like, isn't that so stupid? Like, that's hilarious, so we have to do it. Um, and then we did that, and then somehow, like, Kotaku picked it up, IGN picked it up, and, like, then we were just cursed. That's when people started coming to shows and, like, moshing with, like, like in, like, if you watch the This Is Hardcore video, our, our friend Steve Huey is dressed as a Green Ranger with so Nintendo accessories, like, glued to him. Like, people come to our, the shows with, like, just random, like, duck hunt guns and things like that, and, like, mosh with them, and, like, people that's ask amazing. us to sign weird stuff, and um and then obviously people know Hosian from the espionage thing and we the podcast i was telling you about earlier me him and our friend bert do yeah. a podcast that ties in with that um about games and people know us from that too and uh it just kind of became like i don't know it I, it wasn't intentional for it to be like a call sign for the band you know but it's it's just what we it's something we all really care about and it's something that like people like about us i guess like the big reason that we talk about it so much is because like i think like the interesting thing about music and hardcore is the idea of like oh you fit in here because you don't fit in anywhere else and blah 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 you're an outcast and that whole thing and i think it's like the thing that attracts me to it is the idea of like oh you can be yourself here and you can really champion who you are yeah um and not fear or care about if someone judges you like if someone judges you who gives a shit they don't have to be your friend yeah and like this like kind of just goes into into that aspect we want to like just be who we like when we're representing the band by being who we are, we're get where people can see the most authentic version of us that's 
as possible. Like none of us want to be a character. And earlier when I was like, Oh, we had this like kind of like rule, like we want to be a dark, mysterious band. It's like, that felt kind of stupid to me and to some other people, because like, that's not who we are. We're just a bunch of fucking nerds. Like I have a giant GameCube collection. (laughs) I am a fucking child. There are Gundams up there. There are like other toys. There's Amiibo. Like I just like nerd shit. And um, so like we want, that to be represented in like every aspect of our band because it's important to us. And also because like, like we just had a new logo done and like subconsciously it just kind of came out looking exactly like something out of halo. And like (laughs) we love that. And we just were, we recorded some new songs and the halo Spartan laser is in the songs, even though I can probably get sued for doing that. It's just like, who cares? Who cares? It's all funny. (laughs) You guys did. Is it the beneath video? That's the video. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, the no, um, soul impulse is like, oh, sorry, that's it. Sorry, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So how did you get around that? Did did any like, did you get anybody sort of like, be like, whoa, you can't use that? No, like, no one's ever like, we've never it's gotten, gotten so oh, no, okay, oh, okay, so that video, it wasn't soul impulse, it was what is the name of the song? I thought it was beneath the I song is called X, the song is called X Nilo. Yes. Sorry, and yeah. I can never remember the song, the title of that song, because we called it Thumbtack for like a year and a half. <laughs> and I can only think of it as Thumbtack. Um, we didn't get in any trouble for that. We didn't ask anybody anything. Um, no, like, because if you want to really get into the minutiae of it, that can all be considered fair use, which is uh, like someone could still take it down. And then I would have to go to court and say it's fair use. And then eventually they would put it back up and it's not. Right, worth it. Yes. But the way we did that was we, Bert, the guy from the podcast, we called him. We're like, "Hey, we need to do one more music video, That's and you've good. got a capture card. Can you just do a kill comp for us?" It's so like, good. And like, because we had talked about we we made two videos for the record already, like professional videos, and they were fine. They were cool, but again, it was a thing where we're like, these are like very serious, and we're not serious. We're just <laughs> like we're basically a bunch of shit posters. Like so what's the fun, the stupidest thing that we can do that's, that also will make us smile. And it was like, fucking put a bunch of shit from death stranding in a video, put some shit from gears of war, like put a curb stomp in who cares? Literally who cares? It's so, good. um, but yeah, no, no, uh, legal trouble from any of that. Yeah. That's crazy. If, so, if it ever pops off, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so Vatican going on tour, I take it. I take it. It's very similar to cauldron where everyone's just sitting on the Nintendo switches in the back of the van. Sometimes, that's what, yeah, that's all we do. <laughs> that's pretty much what we do a lot of time. Although, actually, we have a whole episode of the podcast about this when we brought Bert one time. We realized that none of us really played video games the whole tour, except when like we would like play games some at the venue, but when we were traveling, for some reason, none of us did it. And we all kind of realized that either A, we felt car sick doing it, or B, just because the switch is so big and unwieldy yeah. that it just felt like I don't know. I'm trying to like break down a two hour conversation we had into 30 seconds, but like (laughs) it's sometimes it is that way. Like we've brought TVs before and like, uh, like when death stranding came out, Hosey and bought a road case for the TV built in, you know, he bought the games case and we've done that. So there have been tours where it's like, yes, everyone's gaming 24 seven. And then there are other tours where we get in the van and no one talks and we drive for 10 hours and no one, no one does anything but look straight ahead. And, not, and we don't speak. It's wow. weird. <laughs> so, obviously, you were in bands before Vatican. Was yeah. there ever a moment 
playing all these shows and doing all these tours where you were like, oh shit, like I'm like a musician. Like I'm sort of, you know, doing these big shows. And what was yeah. the moment where you sort of, I don't know, you maybe played a show or released some material and you were just like, oh shit, this is bigger than what I thought this was ever going to be. It's weird because like, I think some of the things that like, there's like incremental things as time goes on. And some of them are like, really small achievements by comparison to the bigger ones. Yeah. But like, I guess they were all like on the roadmap. The first thing was, uh, hey, it's like five shows maybe. Dude, that's the thing. I was trying to tell <laughs> someone like, like when we, when we got the, U- it was literally, four. I'm sure, I'm sure I did one and it was at max. It was like five shows. I couldn't physically get another show in another city because it was just too close to the one that you played the night before. This is the shit that I try to explain to people. People are like, oh, when you go to the UK, like you're going to play all these shows and make all this money as like an American band. And I'm like, here's why you're wrong. Yeah. Because number number one, you don't know how expensive it is to get there. Like, yeah, yeah. And 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 I know it's really crazy expensive for you guys to come over here. That's a whole other, like a whole other thing. Um, Like it's so expensive to get there and just like, there are not that many places to play. Like even the like, pro tours that i've done there it's been like nine shows and then go to mainland and and then make your money in mainland yeah mainland's where the money's at like how how did you do nine shows in the uk where that was that that was that four year i wish i could find the routing for that but that was that four year strong tour and i think they just had the pool to where they could do an a market and then they could do a b a b city like three hours away you know um but it even but it is weird to think about because I see the tours that my friends announce now and things like that, and I'm like, what the fuck, Whoa. man? How do we do that many fucking shows? Yeah, so the shows we were supposed to play, it was just three shows, right? Wasn't it like Manchester? I think so, yeah. And then and then we were gonna go over to Europe after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I just don't even us now, like college and being from the UK, we can only really do like three shows. Otherwise yeah. it just it'd be like too much. That's so crazy to think about because like like we're from Georgia, which is like Georgia has maybe three cities that you can really play in. Um, and only maybe two of them matter. But like, you know, if we want to do a tour of like the Southeast, we can make nine, 10 days out of it if we really wanted to. And then if you want to do a full US tour and like really do it right and hit it, that's a seven to eight week calling, you know, of just nothing but shows. And as fun as that is, it's also horrifying. Yeah. Um, but like, it's crazy to think about like that's our country and then like for you guys to stay over in that realm and do that amount of shows not only the amount of border crossings the ferries but like like just all like all the legalities of it and everything it's just such a such a giant pain the one the one time i went to mainland europe was we did some headlining shows after that four-year strong tour and even just getting back, like crossing back over to the UK from France went from being like, because of the amount of refugees that were trying to break into vehicles yeah. to sneak onto the ferry, which is something I just never thought I would see. That's crazy. Like it, 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 you know, it delayed me getting home by three days. Wow. Like, like I sat parked with our tour manager for like an extra, like 16 hours did you because it was so bad the ferry or did you do the, the tunnel the sort of Euro uh, no it was the ferry we were trying to get back onto the ferry like, get our van back onto the ferry and everything and the whole time our man our tour manager's like we should have done the fucking tunnel we should have done the fucking tunnel <laughs> he's just losing his shit because this is like the 20th time this has happened to him 
Wow. Yeah, we yeah, did. So he's losing his mind. And it was like while easy, but we know people that have done the ferry and it's been like an absolute nightmare. Dude, it, I mean, I think I think the only reason we did the ferry is because we wanted to cross on the ferry because we thought it would be fun. Yeah. And we we're like, well, as yeah. like tourists, we want to do the ferry. Yeah, thing. yeah, and that like, makes sense. Yeah, and getting there, totally fine. Coming back, <laughs> insane, <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, but like that was another big thing for me. That was probably another like, oh, like I'm doing it moment. Um, yeah. was going to Europe and going to the UK for the first time and having it be on a real tour, like a real like pro level tour, and all this and that. Like that was cool records that I've done coming out and like hitting billboard charts. Wow. That's cool. Um, but even like plenty of smaller things, like the first time I got to like play a show big enough to where I could stage dive while I was playing guitar, things like that. Um, the first, like, you know, the first time doing, doing warp tour and, and just, and not even, but not even just like the cool things like, Oh, I'm on this like dream level tour, but it just like, I'm 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 doing this, but I'm also doing it with people that I've known for like ten years. Yeah, like, and I'm living and I'm living the dream like with my friends and like the idea of like, oh, I'm like building this life with these people that I care about. That kind of stuff, like those like more emotional things. All of that like factors into it, you know. Um, so I can't say there's like really like one moment. Uh, the actual real one moment that I was like, my life is hilarious is in Forever Came Calling. We played at a uh, Alexandria Palace, and uh. We did like, they did like a warp tour date there. Yeah. And so we played and obviously it's, it's Alley Pally. There are thousands and thousands of people there. And I had a wireless system at the time. And I ran, I like walked off the stage, went and stood in like the center of the pit and like 400 people were circle pitting around me and a kid in a Charizard costume came and picked me up and just (laughs) ran around with me for like a solid minute and a half. And I was just like, this is insanity. This is the, this is the stupidest thing in the world. (laughs) So like, this yeah i don't know tons of like silly bullshit moments so like that is it, it the first time you ever played the uk was that coming over with four years strong yeah that is insane because you speak to people and they're like they come over essentially and do diy tours in the uk like i know i mean it's not so much diy tours but i don't know for example you got when we toured with year of the knife it was like 100 150 cap venues yeah, 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 yeah as if you're coming over to the uk for the first time yeah four years strong it's got to be like thousand cap venues like yeah it definitely feels like a cheat code move you know yeah i'll say when we came back after that on like more of like a diy level kind of thing like where we're playing like 200 to 300 cap rooms and everything um and it was still cool but like it was definitely it's definitely I've, i've seen like both sides of it like yeah first time we came over big giant rooms yeah that's hotels funny shit every night Dave Buck taking me around to like going like, let's, I'm going to take you to my favorite brothels today. And like, okay, Dave, <laughs> thank you. That's a horrifying, I don't want to do that. And then the next tour, like much more low key by comparison, you know, and definitely like crashing with your friends and staying yeah. on floors and doing all this and that. So I've like seen both, both sides and everything, but that's what, that's one thing that's always like cool to me for a while. I was in forever Kim calling and Vatican at the same time. And I would be like, it's just crazy to see both different levels of touring happening and seeing like Vatican, like slowly grow to that, like getting Vatican more recently into the same rooms that I played in when I was in all those pop punk bands, like, Oh, this is like a cool goal and everything. But there'd be tours where I would like 
when I first joined Vatican, like, you know, I would go do this tour with Forever Kim Calling and it'd be relatively comfortable. And then I would come back and do Vatican and it'd be five of us crammed into an, into an SUV with no trailer and all the gear that is and, and playing houses. And I'm like, this is still fucking sick. This is still awesome the whole time because now it's breakdowns and it's stupid, like caveman music and everything. <laughs> caveman music, yeah. Um, so I'll just fire a few last questions at you. What would your dream show be to play and why? What band, dream what country, what venue, what anything? Um, I would love to go back to Japan and just play anywhere in Japan again. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Japan. Vatican, is that? Uh, Vatican has not gotten to go to Japan, but Forever Came Calling went to Japan. The crazy thing about that was I went to Japan and more people knew me because I was in Vatican than people knew that's me that like, knew about Forever Came Calling. It's got to be the video game aspect. It's got to be. It's probably part of it for sure. And definitely like some of the dudes over there that um, like, like Mizuki and Koba, like those guys that like run like nerds and ice grills and like they're, they're the ones that bring every pop punk band and every hardcore band over there and they just once they like know about one thing that you do they're going to know every single thing about you and everything about every band that you've ever been in everything and if they like it they will spread the word really hard so um so they like just really rode for us and everything but i would just love to go back there and do anything because it's like like i don't care what the show is um because i to japan like would say like japan dude it's it's because it's like going to the past the future and the moon all at the same time. <laughs> like crazy. there's just like so much uh, similar to when like an American, like uh, me as an American, when I go to the UK, there's just more history there, yeah. you know, and that's interesting. Um, more preservation of the culture. Um, but it's, what's one of the only places I've been where I had actual culture shock where I was like, if I didn't have like a translator here, I would not survive. <laughs> like I would not know what I was doing. I would not know how, how to get around. I wouldn't know how to eat. I wouldn't know how to act. Um, and then also just like as a fucking nerd, um, getting off the plane and then yeah. just seeing an actual Gundam that moves <laughs> is <laughs> like, this is fucking crazy. crazy. And then just like, there's just crazy shit. You, I made, I told like us, like certain people, I was like, you name one weird sex thing you want and I will get it on the plane and I'll bring it back to you, man. <laughs> and I just found all, I found a lot of weird shit for a lot of weird people and like uh, just shit like that. So anywhere in Japan. Uh, I don't care what the show is. If I could pick the lineup, I guess it would be like us, Mashuga, the Dillinger Escape Plan, Hatebreed, and then we do like twelve shows, that's, even though that's too many for Japan. That's, that's what I want to do. Imagine Vatican and Hatebreed opening for Dillinger Escape Plan and Mashuga. Oh my that? god, I would cry. <laughs> that is insane. I would cry, and then I would get hurt <laughs> so bad <laughs> moshing at that show. That's insane, learn it. So, what are your kind of influences then? So. As a musician, not as like Vatican, but as a musician, what are your... Uh, the biggest influence is definitely the Dillinger Escape Plan. Yeah. Um, and then through that, I guess like Mr. Bungle and like some other like some other avant-garde stuff, Aphex Twin. Um, if you talk to like anyone in our band, they'll all tell you that like Linkin Park is like a huge thing for us. <laughs> I was I was in the Linkin Park fan club. I ran a fan site. I love that band. That um, is so I've actually like literally over on my shelf over there. I've got the hybrid theory collectors. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I've been meaning to pick that up because that box set is cool. Um, what else? Fucking that. I mean, there's a lot of like, like because I was in so many pop punk bands, like saves the day, Jimmy world. Those are bands that even though like 
they don't sound like Vatican. Those are like very influential on the music I write for Vatican, whether that be like trying to incorporate melody or just like production tricks and things like that. Hate breed is a big one. Like I fucking like hate breed is hate breed played one of the first real hardcore shows I ever went to. And like, uh, I'll never forget there. There was like, there was three different pits. There was like the push pit. There was the hardcore kid pit. And then there was the Nazi pit. And then there, yeah, there was a lot of fights, a lot of people. This is like hate breed 2006, like just before they were like, like when there was still a lot of crossover between the metal people and the hardcore people. So there's a lot of violence. I remember Josta was just talking in between songs. There's no feedback. There's no nothing. And a dude wearing overalls with no undershirt gets on stage, just goes like, yeah, brother. And then like head walked me while Josta's just talking about the record they're about to put out. (laughs) Crazy. Oh, oh, but craziest show I've ever been to. So hate breed for sure. We definitely try to make the music, the music that we make now, we kind of try to describe as like, it's like Meshuga and Gojira and maybe Dillinger. But if you took out most of the brain, if you deleted the brain power and just put hate breed in instead. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the end goal. Um, okay. So yeah, that's, that's really it right now. Sorry. That whole melding bullshit. <laughs> So, what are you currently listening to? The moment. Uh, let me fucking pull out my phone and tell you. Um, so I'm into a uh, this DJ named Goth Trad. I like a lot of stuff that he's done recently. Uh, the new Butt Rock songs from that new Architects record, I think, are kind of cool. Really? They're super. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I obviously grew up in the UK, and Architects yeah. for me up until. Oh man, I don't even know what the record was. Oh, probably up in, up until daybreak, I was like, these are pretty crap now. <laughs> but like yeah. the first few records were like so mathcore and so metalcore for me that I just like that's the kind of music I grew up on. Yeah. And then when it just got butt rock, I was like, fuck this band. Like, it's weird because like so the first time I saw Architects was a festival that I played with them in Texas in like 2011 or 2012 and they weren't that big but i was like i was like oh this is crazy like i've never heard anything like this and then the year that i did warp tour they were on warp tour and met a couple of the dudes they were always really nice i watched them every day and mosh from every day i was like this band is just so fucking cool so the stuff i like is some of the later era stuff but i don't know why i like the because these songs are like like they've always had like then the chorus and never and whatever but these songs this is the band going for radio. Yeah, this like is it. the band writing butt rock. Is it, is it Animal or something? The latest single. Animals remember, like, is the single. Yeah, so I remember and, like uh, the other day I was like in work at the radio, I was on in work, and it came on the radio. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is a band weird. I listened to as a teenager. Like, what the fuck? Dude, it's also crazy because now it's got like Josh from Silosis writes a lot of the like, yeah, the yeah, now, yeah, which yeah, like oh, this is going to be crazy. And the last record they did with him was kind of crazy, but this one is just fucking rocking the whole way. And I don't know why I like it, but I do. So Uh uh, architects for sure. And then, um, do you know the band from here? Reserving dirt naps. You ever heard of them? Yeah. 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 Um, they did a thing where they read it. They wrote a new song and then read it an old song with this rapper from Memphis named Tom ski mask. Uh, it's awesome. It's hilarious, but it's really fucking good. So, I guess just that. And then, uh, oh, then every time I die, I put out three new songs. Oh, and yeah. They're, like, they're they fucking crazy. Up. Yeah, they still hold up as like a really good band. 
I think every time I die gets better on every single record because I don't really care about any of the old stuff. No. And then they get up to like that record X Lives or whatever, and then it gets good. And the last record that they did is just insane. I see. So. I I don't know what it is about every time I die. Like they're not a band that I go to and listen to, but like everything I have heard off every record is like this. This is good. Like it's yeah. not like it's not like this is crap. Like it's always like this is pretty cool. I think it's they're like one of those bands to where like they they're always just like bare minimum consistent at what they do or they just like keep getting better but to me they're kind of like the band to like model maybe not your sound but like your view yeah. on and how you want to like grow your band because that band has never been the biggest band in this in like even when they were actively doing like work tour world and Ozfest they've never been the biggest band in that world but now they are bigger than they've ever been yeah and they're like and they're big enough to where like they can take small bands on tour and have it not be a risk and they can do whatever they want to do and they don't have to answer to anybody and all that's just because it was a long slow slow grind of just doing being real and doing exactly what they wanted the whole way and i'm like that's like inspiring because i've been in other bands where it's like we need to figure out right now the com we have conversations where it's like what can we do right now to be as big as possible right now and normally when you have conversations like that um the the outcome that you want is not going to happen because you're not you're doing it you're 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 looking at this goal post that doesn't really exist and you're going to do a lot of fake things like i was in a i was in a butt rock band for a little bit that had like a, like a major label deal and like wrote like with like big crazy la nashville writers and all this shit and did like we had like the big manager and the big agent, the big label and the conversations that we would have to have with those people where we would be talking about like, like, don't you like, like we wrote this one song that referenced Knoxville, Tennessee. And we had, we had like discussions that were like, you could, aren't you afraid of like the legal ramifications of mentioning that city in oh. this way? And it's just like, that's not, that was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Or also anytime we wrote a song, like five or six people had to give me written approvals on that song saying it was okay for me to like put it on the record and all this stuff. And like, and just the conversations about image and just all the paperwork and all the budgets. And, and then like, it came time to make a record. We made the record and then it got shelved and it's never going to come out ever. Despite the fact that this label spent a lot like 30 anywhere between 30 and fifty thousand dollars on the album it's never going to come out and no one will ever hear the songs unless they get sold to another band and like the conversations that we had all the time were like how do you go as fast as possible right now how do you make it look as real as possible right now instead of just being genuine about things and like people get it that's the same reason that we talk about the nerd stuff that we talk about is because that's what we genuinely care about and people attach to it because we're being real and I've like, I've tried to sell out and I've tried to be fake and it didn't work. So I would rather do the same kind of things that bands like every time I die did or band like Dillinger was just, they were exactly who they wanted to be the whole time. And they, by the time, like, like every time I die is the biggest band, biggest they've ever been. And by the time Dillinger broke up, they were the biggest they had yeah. ever been. Yeah. And that's the way I would want to go out uh, if I had a choice. And you get to do that by just being uncompromising in what your vision is rather than, bending to like the trends around you you know yeah for sure man for sure so just to sort of 
uh, wrap it up then. What are your plans? I know you were talking briefly on it earlier. Mm -hmm. What are the plans for sort of yourself and Vatican for 2021? Uh, or maybe so other might... projects or stuff that you've got going on? Or? I definitely, um, uh, so for Vatican, uh, we're just putting out like an ass, like a ton of music and hopefully we get to tour this year. If okay. we don't tour this year, we have like backup plans for okay. what we're going to do, whether that be like streaming stuff or, uh, or like releasing like more remixes and things like that. The, it's hard to like say like what the plan yeah. is for the band because I'm, I'm not planning my life more than two months ahead at this yeah. point yeah, yeah. until I know what's going to happen with until I'm vaccinated. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing shit. Um, but for per personally, I just got to clean this fucking room up. That's it. <laughs> and then I think I'm going to do, uh, I was in a band, a uh, band called word travels fast a long time ago. That was like one of my pop punk bands, but all the music okay. sounded like the Dillinger escape plan. Okay. And, uh, I'm going to do, we're going to do a new record oh, and wow. put out, I like, I wrote that record last month and, uh, we're going to, I'm going to do that and hopefully that's play cool. shows with that. But, uh, that's cool. yeah, that's it. I'm just going to, for, we're going to put out as much music as we can do a new record this year, do a seven inch this year, do the eight bit video game remix thing. And then that's cool hopefully play shows, hopefully come over to the UK. There's a, there's a good chance we'll be able to come play over there uh, way before we can do anything here. I hope so. I hope so. Honestly, I yeah. really hope so because it's driving me mad. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm losing um, my shit. So, just, um, what's the, what's the, what's your podcast called then? The podcast that you do? Uh, the podcast is called the espionage VR podcast. Um, yeah. it's just me, Hosey and Bert talking about games for like three hours being, yeah. it's really, really vulgar. Bert's I'm an sure military man that's killed some people. So, wow! I'm sure yeah, he's people that listen to this that'll say they want to listen to it. Oh, listen oh yeah, please check. Please, yeah, please check it out. And if uh, we're trying, we've never done guests before, but we're trying to finally start bringing like other people on after doing it for like a year and a half. So, if you want to come on at some point, if there's something you want to talk about in games, hit me up. And, oh, for uh, sure, man. I'll, 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 grab, I'll grab you on Instagram, sort of afterwards. Yeah, find me wherever. Let's keep talking, man. Yeah. I would love to also like I didn't know that you did this pot that you were the one doing this podcast and everything with your band. So I would love to keep talking. I definitely want to play shows with you guys when we do get to come over here or if yeah, you guys decide I mean, to come this way. Yeah, for sure. Like like I said, just I'll hit you up on sort of Instagram and we'll keep in touch. Yeah, holler at me. And then like I know it kind of sucks right now with obviously the pandemic and stuff going on, but so yeah, I mean for us touring with you guys and announcers, something we were really looking forward to. So same. Let's hope, fingers crossed, we can do it at some point this year or at least next year. For sure, dude. Now, nah, thanks for talking to me today, Tom. I'll, um, yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'll find you on Instagram afterwards and we'll have a chat. Yeah, uh, I'm Tom Riffs on there, so you can find me. Tom wicked. Yes, sir. Thanks, thanks so much, Tom. Um, yeah, All right, thanks, boss. I'll out. talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, man. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Bye, man. man. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, Tom was a great guest um, hopefully we get to have a chat with him again sometime soon um, obviously hope you caught at the end there the other podcast that he's involved in uh, Espionage VR where they just talk about gaming etc um, but yeah had a lot of fun catch you guys soon